This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! So you know it's really strange coming down uh, in a car and not not real. There were no no nerves to be honest with you, like kicking in and obviously you have your radio on a top spot, had a, a nice kind of preview of the game and what have you on that as well. Then obviously Luton is a, a place where it's you know like when you get to some grounds you can see the floodlights or the signs and stuff. It's a strange place because it's just hidden. So even then coming to the game, it's like you know, there's pockets of town fans here and everywhere. And obviously, there's no real pubs. Well, they weren't where I were and that as well. But you know mm. what? It was like a slow burn. And when it got to about seven o'clock and so we got in the ground early, then it's like, wow. And there's people, you're kind of texting you from outside your, you know, still town family. And, you know, are you excited? Come on town. You can do it. I had a Crystal Palace fan. And get, let's get back up. We can have a great away day, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. And then obviously we... It, the one thing I didn't realise on the ticket was you could sit anywhere, so it was unreserved. So it's stupid yeah. to have this ticket for a few days. I'm just, and, I'm just uh, interrupting slightly, Cos, because I just want to see if people can hear me online because I've just re-read on the microphone, so hopefully people can hear us. But yes, unreserved well, seating, wasn't it? Yeah, and then obviously that, that helps you kind of get in there as well, but got in there about half past seven and, well, the, obviously it's incredible when the players are warming up. They're almost like in with you. It's that tight and... Yeah, the noise level just started early. You know, the sign of a big game. I remember, like, back in the day, we used to be chanting starting up. Maybe I'm imagining it's about half an hour before <laughs> kick-off. I'm sure there were in them big games in the, in the Leeds Road terrace and stuff. 
But like, in, it's really weird now. Obviously, pause. You try and get it going maybe five minutes before or what have you, maybe 10 minutes to service and what have you. But yeah, the 15 minutes before, it were rocking in there. And then you just kind of knew, wow, this is like big business in the playoffs. And uh, Right, guys, yeah, we're all good. Look, we're all good now. Thanks, Cosy. That was excellent filling in there. Just well, like, and then, yeah. <laughs> that was then great filling. I'll let you finish. <laughs> no, I but, just kind of took the atmosphere, and then you're just looking around. Who people that you know? You're waving in there and stuff, and yeah, yeah the players come out at the side, and wow, it off we went, and that was obviously pick it up from there, Matt. But it, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to do my intro again. I'm going to do my intro again because I, I spent two and a half minutes writing this, so I'm going to do it. Damn it, I will do it. Um, the playoffs, 180 minutes plus of torture, agony, ecstasy. A mini tournament which makes and breaks dreams. The dreams of two towns, Huddersfield and Luton, lay precariously under the banana trusses and floodlights of the John Smith Stadium, where both sides are set to duel in a shootout tomorrow at 7.45pm. With myself, Matt Shaw, to discuss the 1-1 draw at Kenilworth Road, fresh from representing Moldova in the Eurovision Song Contest last night, is Richard Cosy Cosmala, as you already know. And, of course, we have uh, Poz and Phil. I'm not doing the rest. Uh, right, guys. Cos, fantastic filling in. Sorry about that online. We're, we're now loud and clear, which is fantastic. So uh, what is also loud and clear is that we are sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. So if you may place an order on magicrockbrewing.com and use our code of AHTTC10, you will get 10% off your orders. And if you spend over £45, then you'll get your delivery for free. So there we go. Yeah, Cosy has already set the scene wonderfully with some uh, with some absolutely professional filling in, um, and we're going to go go to uh, where Cosy left off there. Luton Town one, Huddersfield Town one. Uh, a couple of changes which were maybe maybe not surprising. Levi Colwell uh, not playing due to uh, being unable to play a couple of games in a week due to uh, his hip injury. So Nabisar stepped in. It was fantastic to see Sauber on the bench as well. Uh, maybe a surprise at wing back with Turton, but it looked like Town had set up really just to. Uh, just to be tough and not to uh, not to get beat, um, and uh, you know, no surprises were really other than that with the starting lineup. Everything good, and then you know, within ten seconds, we're all screaming and frothing behind the goal out because because Toffolo's diving in, and there's a push in the back from James Bree and uh, the referee. Where's play on? I've, you know, I was going mental there because it was right in front of me, and I thought that is the most blatant penalty I've well, ever you seen. You got the right side of it, Mark. And I then, no, well. I was in front. You see, and then right in front of Toffolo, and then I've watched it back on TV, and I've thought it is a push, but he does kind of throw his hands up a bit, and yeah. you know, and, and nah, make quite a bit of a, it. But it's it's, it's a penalty still. Like yeah, I do. I think that it does go down, Matt. But as you know, the the commentator as well said he, he, the theatric the theatricalness of Toffolo's fall that probably put the referee him. off. Yeah. But if you're running at full pace and just about to jump and someone pushes you, you're gonna. That's how you fall. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't really buy that as an excuse for not giving it. The probably the more reason why it was, what was it, eight nine seconds in. Oh, yeah. if, that, if that happens after 35, 40 minutes, that gets given. That for me. But in that situation, referee, you bottled giving that. I think. Oz is still frothing. I can still feel it in. No, feel it I, on the I always think your gut reaction is your, is your best one. And, and I didn't know. I looked at my friend and we looked at each other and we're like. Is that just like happened? And there were a lot of froth. When I watched it out time on the uh, <laughs> on the sky go on the sky go because I wasn't sure at the time, but I would get in text saying that was a penalty. But when I watched it back at the sky go, the evidence for me was inconclusive. And you could, <laughs> but I just think again the big thing that you've not mentioned there, Matt, and we said last week the bars in what we were saying last week the bar in so that was load of bollocks. We want him. Would it have given it after seeing that Spurs Burner game? 100% it had given it, but I wasn't 
kind of feel as cheap. And it was the same with Epina, which we'll obviously come on to on that as well. But Toffolo might be watching this thinking, what is this bald idiot doing? It would have happened all day long. I'm just <laughs> it does, you, it does watch sometimes, and I'm pretty sure he will be thinking that I about all of us. The first, I'll be honest with you, when it happened, I, I wasn't so sure. And when I watched the video, I, I'm less of, less of thinking it's a penalty. So that's just my feelings on the night. Go on, Phil, you round it up. I, I think it's a penalty, but I do understand why maybe the ref thought he'd made a lot of it, but it's still a penalty. You, no, you round it up. I've asked, I've asked the poll to everybody watching online. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think the initial reaction was penalty. You know, um, instant re- bang straight away penalty. When you look at it back, he's not, he, he hasn't helped himself by, like you say, putting his hand yeah. in there. So I still think it's a penalty. I think when you're in, when you're in a, in a position like that and it's so close, positive right, running at speed, any little nudge, they knew what he was doing. The defender, yeah, always happens. A little bit of a nudge in the back, put him off. And um, yeah, it were, um, it were, he were never going to give it though. I've had that referee, like, he's refereed loads of times non league and he's worked his way up and he's absolutely shocking. Um, feel more, like... more, more worried about his hair and, and signs of his biceps. <laughs> I would hear people, people say that he bottled it because it were like, because it was so early on. But I think that's a different, you know, if it's 89th minute, then I can get that argument, but I can't get it because I'm thinking there's, there's still two legs to go and stuff of that as well. So. To me, yeah, it wasn't a matter of a bottle job that it took up to two minutes for me. Yeah. I didn't think that was the idea. I think for me, it's a, as a referee, you've got, I suppose there's always the tackle, but if you've, if you've been involved in football for a lot of your life, which referees presumably have, they've played, they've obviously got an interest in football, otherwise they won't do what they do. You've got to, you've got to sometimes think of the five, you know, there might be five or six different elements to it. So it's early on. Yeah, you've got to judge the foul on the foul. But for me, the biggest thing is, why would Toffolo dive in that situation? Yeah, that's why, why, why would he do that? He's going to yeah. score. So why yeah. would why yeah. would he throw himself on floor to win a penalty when, if he doesn't do that, he scores an header in 10 seconds and we wouldn't have up in the playoffs and the final. And that, that to me, is what sometimes <laughs> a referee should take a couple of seconds to, to maybe weigh up all those little elements and say, yeah, it is or no, it isn't. It shouldn't just, I know, like, obviously, it's, it's, it is the foul that is judged, but... There's more to it than that sometimes, and you might not get a great angle on it. You might not see the exact foul, but it's the same like when players sort of go around keeper and stuff, and they go down and they don't get the penalties. It's almost like, well, he's got an open net to pass it into. Why yes. would he die? Yeah. It's, it's pointless. So I think it's interesting where the ref was stood. I don't know if it were it were edge at eighteen yard box, basically looking right line line side. Yeah, clear line of sight and everything. Yeah, but would have been a sending off as well. Is that is that coming to it as well? Because essentially, he's done it on purpose, and therefore the rule the rules now are if if the decision is an intentional one, it's a it's a straight red, isn't I'm not it? So right maybe red. that I'm not maybe that right came red. into it. What about the linesman? Linesman on the other side, wasn't it? Where yeah. cross came in from, so he's probably not got a great view. But yeah, I suppose as well, Matt. Maybe that came into his mind that look. Shit! If I give this penalty, I'm going to have to send him off. And... Red card for that, honestly. You reckon that's right. red? Well, it's the goal rules, scoring. isn't it? If he if goal he stops a if he stops a goal scoring opportunity on purpose, which it was, it was an intentional push. Then yeah, it's a it's a red that's card. Because he was from because he was from behind. So because that'd be a stranger, that wouldn't it? If he were goal side yeah. and lads just kind of coming just across him and he and he pulls him back a little bit, goal scoring opportunity. Would that be sending off? No, goal scoring opportunity is different. If you make it, and now it's supposed to be something along the lines of if you make a, a genuine attempt for the ball, then it's a yellow. Whereas if you don't make an attempt for the ball and you foul on purpose, it's a red. So yeah, that's the. Been, so Matt, that, that, that should have been a red, shouldn't it? Yeah, he just pushed so him. When, he pushes him in neck almost. Yeah, so what yeah I with, just it's said like there, that, isn't it? So what I just said there about, you know, not a reason to give it two minutes, that, that's you probably answered my question there because if he's got to send him off, then yeah. that may have played into his mind. Yeah. That, 
that's probably a bit the nail on the head there. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be harsh as well. It'd be harsh for a little. Oh. No, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be harsh. Where's Poz gone? He's buggered off. <laughs> I think he's had enough. He's frothed and gone. He's frothed and come he's out of the there. piper. Is he? He's disappeared for me. Um, right, so... Uh, after Toffolo got a little bit of revenge after that because it was such a frantic start, wasn't it? Luton, I thought, was superb first half. I thought they were brilliant. You know, Luton do, you know, they're Ron Seal out there. They do as it says on the tin, you know, they, they hit those diagonal long balls. Cal Naismith does the diagonal from that side. Bradley and James Bree, et cetera, from that side. Reese Burke, um, I, you know, and they they really got into us. But, you know, we scored against the run of play, didn't we? Tough, a little bit of revenge from Toffolo, great little run. And he threads through Daniel Sinani, doesn't he? And Daniel Sinani moves onto his right foot and you're kind of thinking, and your excitement just goes down a notch because, you know, he's very left-footed, isn't he? And then he shoots near post. And from where we were, because oh, you were a bit, I think, further over over than me, it felt like he'd hit the side netting uh, because you just don't expect the goalkeeper, Phil, to be so far over and leave that, that gap. But it didn't. It went in the net and that away end was absolutely crazy, wasn't it? Because people flying everywhere and people falling up and down the stairs. A couple of people looked hurt at one point. But it was a little bit fantastic, mate. It was a goal yeah. of a, a it was a goal of a class of a cracking team, a class team, a team that's finished third in the division. It was a goal. Well, I've watched it back about nine million times, I think, and that as well. But it's sensational how it all starts and that as well. Home, the shielding, and the, the other thing as well to think of Sinani because when you look back, you're thinking he's in. It was Holmes, wasn't it? At the other side, he's in so mm. much space. Because yeah. and is thinking pass it, but then I suppose Wood Holmes had to take a touch to fire it in, but. I was thinking, shoot, and again, if you don't buy a ticket, don't win the, the raffle, but that noise it makes on the telly when it goes, you know, like... It just, rattles the net, doesn't it? Yeah, and the millisecond before the away and loses its shit, it's just the greatest feeling ever, and it went, it went absolutely wild. Chuffer Tanani, we've mentioned him, haven't we, so many times on here, when he's, he's so dangerous, but that's goal with absolute class, and I know Andy Inscliffe's not one of my favourite pundits, but... That's what Udersfield Town are about this season. It's just kind of, it's almost like luring teams into a, a trap and then bang, but brilliant goal. And again, you're thinking at that time, what? where are we going from here? We're going to push on. He obviously scored too early. But I was chuffed and, yeah, when, honestly, I've watched that back so many times, but let's hope it, it means something tomorrow. The pass was great, wasn't it? It, were, it, yeah. were, you know, it delayed it just a little bit more because uh, he could have played it out wider quicker. So obviously, time for the defenders to recover, but. He delayed, 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 and it were and it were almost a straight pass down the middle, really. But um, is that a bad keeping or what? Yeah, we kept looking. Someone said straight away as soon as we were watching it. It's, uh, it's a good, it's a good finish, isn't it? But you, as a yeah. goalkeeper, Phil, I'd be upset. Straight, yes, it went near post. Everyone always says near post, but I mean, you've got to look how close the, the player is to the keeper, okay? Because it's irrelevant. Because if you're stunning, mid, if you're in middle of goal, and the striker's shooting from the middle of the goal and he hits it back down next to your feet. No one's complaining. No one's saying, oh, yeah, you should have saved it. But if you're on your angle, all of a sudden it shouldn't get beat by your near post. Um, I think he I think he probably will be a little bit upset. But he caught it sweet. And he actually mm. let... The, the, one of the reasons why he probably caught him out way, he let it just come across his body a little bit more than what you'd expect. So just delayed it a little bit. And like I say, caught it sweet, a little bit of right to left. Um, great finish. But like I say, the build-up the build was brilliant, but... I just worried me because as soon as we scored early, I thought, I don't know if this is going to help us. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think it played out how I expected it to play out, to be honest. Mm. It was, you know, it was a, a brilliant moment, wasn't it? But I'd say we've got Poz, uh, I think he's back on, but I can't see him at the minute. He's, he's either in the dark or he's, uh, or he's 
switched his phone. It's like he's buffering, mate. He's trying to get back in, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fan- Cosy, brilliant one. In the stands as well. Absolutely great moment. Just buying pause a few bit of time Matt, just in case I want to talk about it. But Luton, they really cranked up the pressure, didn't they? Like I say, they, they were excellent for the rest of the first half. And their main, their first opportunity really came when I thought Cameron Jerome, you know, he's... Um, he dropped down to MK Dons, hadn't he? You know, he's struggling for a club not so long since. Dropped down to MK Dons, did really well there, and he's he's come back up to the championship. And he's fair play to him. You know, he's he's done he's he's done really really well as Cameron Jerome, and um, he's you know he caused a lot of problems for Tom Lees. I thought first half, I thought Tom Lees really struggled to get to grips with him, and then that ball goes through, and uh, Naby Sars chasing Cameron Jerome. What did you make, Cos? of the uh, Nathan Jones has obviously had his say. Uh, he's not very happy that it's not a penalty. Um, how did you see that one? Well, through a bad view, to be honest with you, and that as well. Just just bringing pause, I think he's back to check. Pause, what did you think of the uh, the decision? Still, I think he's still struggling with his sound. You know what, Matt? I did, again, it was another one I had to look at half-time. We had a stinking view of it, to be honest with you. But at half-time, I'm hearing, someone texts me from work saying, oh, you got lucky there. So I, I never, because at the time I didn't think it, it was a penalty from a bad, bad angle, albeit, but it didn't feel like we'd kind of got away with something there. And then I was getting a couple of texts from them, oh, you got away with one there. And they were like, wow, was it kind of that? And then, but you know what, again, when I watched the replay back, similar to the Topolo, our, our, I, I mean, for a red card as well as that, but like you said, Matt, if that's the rule, he's got to go last man and stuff. But it were, it were classic Saab, wasn't it, defending on the... Well, that pauses. Yeah, <laughs> It was classic Saab, on it? It was a bit like kind of cover your eyes kind of scenario, but no, I didn't think it was a penalty, mate. I don't. I've, I've, I've got a... I, I thought my view on this might be a bit controversial because it seemed to be universal that, you know, it was a penalty. Sorry, I'm just adding you back into the scene, pause. Uh, and then we've got you back over now. So there we go. You should be back live with us now. But for me, when, when the ball goes through, Cameron Jerome's got the advantage... Naby goes to put his hand on Cameron Jerome, which is a bit of a not a bit of a no no, a bit of a no. But Cameron Jerome then straight arms him and pushes Naby Sar and goes into him, which then that incident there is what causes the you know the uh, the coming together of the legs, and it's the the push from Cameron Jerome which causes the legs to come together. So for me, it's a you know, sorry Nathan, but Cameron Jerome is the one who commits the foul for me there, and you're lucky you got a corner as far as I'm concerned. But from another point of view, if that's us. I would argue that Cameron Jerome is just pushing away Naby's Naby's hand on his shoulder, and it's a penalty. So yeah. I'm by, I'm a biased Huddersfield fan, but I think when I look back, I can, I, I don't think it's a penalty. Um, and he's still got his shot off anyway, kind of. But um, for me, it's not yeah, a penalty. Joe, Jones were making out like it was a stone wall, and they were talking. Nah. About, when, when I were in it on radio, way home, I was thinking, have I, have I fallen asleep for ten minutes and missed a <laughs> penalty? Uh, you know, kind of opportunity because he was making out it with that. It was unbelievable. If you hadn't watched the game, you listen to this guy, you think, bloody hell, Luton were robbed. Really? Bloody hell, ours were more of a case. And then, as usual, <laughs> after, he didn't even, he kind of brushed over Topolos, didn't he, in that as well? But <laughs> I tell you what, though, if Jones, is, if Jones is banging on about penalty stuff and penalty shouts, what he wants to do is watch it back and just see how many times from set pieces his players are basically hugging ours because yeah. they obviously were, we're a danger from set pieces and Luton must have known that because for every single ball we put in, and on another day, a referee could have given three or four penalties to us because they're all over us. There were one where I think Nabistar from a free kick that potentially could have been given and various others when Holmes were taking the throw-ins. I think at one point, Russell were at front post and he had five players around him, all jostling him and pushing him and pulling him and stuff. And 
you know, I think it was just like you say, because a bit of sour grapes from Jones there. I, don't, you know. I, I, I generally wouldn't get upset by anything Nathan Jones says. And say that to a Huddersfield fans. He's just trying to play the backs against yeah, the wall. Every, everyone's oh, everyone's yeah. against us. It, it's like us versus the world thing. Yes. David, David like Wagner... David Wagner did this though, mate, didn't he? But in a very different kind of way. So he's, he's he did just... it without being a dick. He did it in a subtle way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just it's just playing the game, and I, you know, I'm not that bothered. He, he can try play his games. I think you know the likes of Carlos, etc. will see straight through exactly yeah, what he's trying yeah. to do. So I won't worry too much about it, uh, Nathan Jones. It's not a penalty for us. I'm, I'm happy Bill, what to did say you that. Think? Bill, you on the right thing. What? No, no idea. Nathan, you're right. Nathan Jones is just talking a load of rubbish. He's just trying to deflect away from his players. Um, it's never ever been a penalty. So side to side with each other, a little bit of jostling. He maybe got the feet caught between each other. But for me, it's not a penalty. Not a penalty. No. no. The man has spoken. No penalty. Speaking of penalties, I did put. Um... I did actually put a twig, uh, not a twig. I'm just reading a comment there. Sorry to Mr. Daru from Nottingham Forest fan who's watching us. Um, he's put, uh, so I put um, Huddersfield Town penalty 30 minutes ago. Uh, penalty on Toffolo, yes or no? 93, oh, 92% now say yes, 8% say no. I'm going to end the poll there. Um, so yeah, the, the consensus of the biased blue and white wearing uh, spectacles think it was a penalty. So um, not really surprising, is it, from there? But, you know, let's give Luton the credit, lads, because, they, like I say, they came back into it. Uh, I think they really pause talking tactics and stuff. I think the way that uh, Nathan Jones set up, to to his credit, them going 4-4-2 was a little bit of a, a change from what they usually do. Uh, and I think that really sort of surprised us from the off. And they, their their plan really was just, just to go direct over the top of us and really try and bully over the top of us. Uh, and, you know, and fair play, like I said, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You don't have to play beautiful passing football to win a game, do you? Um, and, you know, I thought for the first half, it felt like Luton just sort of set the stall out and said, you know what, we're going to get right into Huddersfield. We're going to really try and get up them. We're going to bully them, harass them. And we're going to try and take this game away from them in the first half of the first, you know, the first game. Uh, and I think Town did really well to stand up to it, in all honesty. Uh, I thought Luton were excellent in what they were trying to do. Uh, really difficult to play against. And I think they come out of that with a lot of credit. And the goal they scored... In the in the in, in terms of the rules, is not offside. It's a goal uh, because he doesn't touch yeah, it. No, so no. you know, no issue. Um, no, no, no. Even I don't though think he stood in position. No, I I only saw it at the time, and I didn't think it was a free kick. But you know, nah. you've got to defend it as well, haven't you? So oh, 100%, yeah, I'm not, yeah. not using that as a reason. Once that free kick's given, you've got to defend it. But yeah, you um, know what? What's annoying about that is, but again, that's just the quality of the teams involved because we're set piece kings, and so they're. But it's like, you know what's going to happen, but can you stop it? And I think it was Hogg. Did Hogg lose Bradley? I don't know. Wrong side of him and that as well. And as soon as it were pumped in, I just... Cause it, it was a great It's it it an audible view, Matt, isn't it, from that away? And you can't see it absolutely jacking. Uh, do you know, I, I love that stadium. I think it's so great because it's such a throwback. And, you know, you're going up the steps and we were looking out over and you could see somebody's trampoline in the garden and what have you <laughs> while you're in the away end. And... Uh, but the view isn't the best. The, view, the, the trouble pillars, is every but... time you got into their half, because like, there were free kicks, I thought, hang on a minute, they just got into our half, and it's like about 50 yards from goal, but they're not, because <laughs> the pitch is that small. And yeah, yeah I, you know what? I have to just applaud uh, just Luton's set piece and that as well, because it was just fantastic, mate. That's training good ground ball. stuff. It's what they're good at. It's what we've been good at all year. So it's almost like what the, the biters getting bit, really, and that as well. And uh, at that moment, you're thinking, ooh, that's a bit of a blow. And... Uh, you know, their crowd are backing it as well because they were pretty quiet, weren't they? Obviously, we were, were singing and stuff. And 
Yeah, I'm, I, when that goes in, I'm just thinking, let's just get it through to half-time. Half-time, yeah. I think Cameron yeah. Jerome had a, had a great strike as well that just whistled over, and if that had gone in, it could have been. Yeah, I think, yeah, that... but just coming back to what you said, Matt, about how Luton set up, it, it's interesting you say that because I was watching first half, and if you'd have told me Lewis O'Brien were on pitch, I'd have been like, where? Because he never got, he never had a sniff, really, because, like you say, they, they went over him. And uh, I just felt Town struggled to to move, apart from the goal, obviously, get the ball in Luton's half and, and hold on to it. It, it came to, seemed to go forward and, and come back really quickly. Um, I think Luton tired second half and you saw our midfield get on top. Holmes um, made some great runs forward. O'Brien got more involved and, uh, you know, Johnny Russell as well um, got, got a lot more involved in that ball a little bit more. So it'll be interesting to see how Luton... Set up at our place um, because although they played that long ball and they had a lot of possession, I never really felt threatened by that sort of tactic. I thought Sarah and Lee did really well in, in blocking off and you know intercepting and, and just basically being a nuisance and, and getting in way. And apart from the the goal and that strike from Jerome, there weren't many moments in that first half where I thought you know bloody hell, we're, you know we're under Koshier and you know they're going to get one at any minute. A few people I watched it up in uh, in cricket club and a few people in there were. You know, sort of, come on, we need to, we need to get on ball, we need to get on ball, and I was sort of saying, no, you know, they're not, they've, they've got possession, they're knocking it long, they're, you know, but they're not really causing us any great danger, really. Um, and I kind of felt like that throughout, and I think with 20 minutes to go, I think Luton ran out of ideas. So, if they're going to play a very similar game at our place tomorrow, I think we'll cope with it. I think also, we'll cope with it well. You were mentioning O'Brien. My mate made a good point to us and that. So I'm sure he said Jordan Clark. Or it might have been Campbell, but he was just getting man marks. Everywhere O'Brien mm. went, he followed, pushing, pulling on his shirt. They were giving him absolutely nothing. And it was clear that Jones had identified O'Brien as a key player for us. Yeah, and, definitely. And just had nothing. And, you know, you, and that were quite, it's obviously credit to him. And he's going to have to cope <laughs> with that as the career carries on, you know, through the, uh, hopefully with us in the Premier League and stuff. But yeah, that, that would a it was like, bloody hell, Lewis, like, just get away from him. But he was like, a, <laughs> just like grabbing him and pulling yeah, him. Yeah, I think, I think he likes it because we've got probably a little bit of better quality individually. Um, the pitch is going to be big tomorrow. Better, That's the thing, yeah. I think. The pitch is massive, That you know, for us. I, I just, it's, it's incredible there. It's like, you just, people, it's almost like when the ball went for a throw and you're in, you're almost in the, well, you're in the crowd trying to get it back on that as well. It's, it's only, I mean, people who've been there on Friday might be know, but I, mean, I went there before, but it really is a, a totally different world down there on the that, that stadium and the pitch. And that's why I think having a second leg at home is massive for us tomorrow. He says, I mean, this, this will be played back on the Luton podcast when I've beaten us on it tomorrow. But yeah, honestly, I, the pitch, I just went away from that thinking our pitch is going to be huge, you know, just uh, literally just... next week. Yeah, that, that that's what common sense and logic says, but it often goes out the window, doesn't it, in the playoffs? And to be fair, we've not won a, play, a home playoff game ever, apart from our penalties against uh, Bournemouth in uh, 2011. So nine attempts and no wins by the penalty shootout. So, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, we, we mentioned well, I... Carlos uh, been ghost-busting all season, hasn't he, with wins away from home, like Fulham, etc. So hopefully that's another I don't know what you one. thought half-time, Matt, but my big quandary is what's going to happen second half in, in the sense of, are we just going to kind of keep it? Because I just thought the onus is on Luton now to try and win the game being at home. But it never really panned out that second half as well. And I thought, I don't think we're going to kind of go for it. And even when Sober came on, I didn't think it were like, a, right, let's try and get a late winner and stuff like that as well. So I was quite surprised really how, 
I was a bit concerned at half time, thinking they might get in a roll. And I think half time came at a good time for us, but it never really happened. And it was like the game I thought it would be before the game, where because at half time I made a comment, no, it's brilliant the playoff game, both teams going for it. And people text me, it's great to see both teams going for it. But that did not happen second half. And it was no. almost like, I don't know why it did. You're more tacticians than me. Why do you reckon that was? I was, I was really frustrated with. Um... Not to, not to. I don't really want to dig him out, but I was frustrated with the role Ollie Turton was playing uh, because he was very narrow as a right wing back, and he was very ret- reticent to join the attack and overlap. You know, from wing back, he was playing more of a full back as a wing back, and I just felt that we, that's that, his role, though, isn't it? Matt? Yeah, that's a, that's what he does. That's but why, I just felt I think it that's was why it came on, isn't it? Just because. Well, apparently he was injured. Easy. Yeah, apparently he was injured mm-hmm. uh, in the last moment of the first half. But I, I generally thought Pippa. And his uh, Pippa's ability to carry the ball down the right flank and actually yeah. offer more of an outlet really opened it up. And what that allowed us to do is we brought Dwayne into the middle and Daniel Sinani dropped. And then all of a sudden, John Russell was just... Every time John Russell got the ball, there were two, three men around him all the time. And there was that time when uh, Jack Grealish light, you know, pretty much slow danced him into the centre circle you know, after he got the ball. And, you know, it, there's a lot of little changes <coughs> by Carlos and most of it was around trying to get more bodies into the centre of midfield and then... Uh, the three at the back could actually play through into midfield rather than having to go long. And if you look at the stats from the game, we actually hit more long balls than Luton. So we can't really sit here and say, you know, anyone say Luton are a hoofball outfit or anything like that because we hit more long balls than them. Granted, 25 of them were from Lee Nichols's boot. But, you know, it really also highlights the struggle that we had on the ball in that first half and, you know, the struggle to get onto it. But second half, we had 66% possession and Dwayne Holmes and Daniel Sinani were excellent in that second half. Dwayne in particular, I thought was outstanding. He, you know, he dropped into really good little pockets, picked up the ball, drove at them. And there was a chance Lewis O'Brien had where he kind of went across goal and it got blocked. And if it had gone near post, he'd have been able to get a, a clear shot off. But, you know, it happens. And we forgot to mention Danny Ward's glancing header in the first half as well, which maybe he could have done a bit yeah. more with. That was a really the good chance for Danny. The only thing is with Pippen is, I don't doubt, definitely going forward, he gives us more, but... He could do some silly shit, can Pippa. In the air, I, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about him in the air. They, and they love them. Oh, he's not too bad. He's not, he's, he's, I don't I think don't, he's too bad, I, actually. I'm, that concerns me. If he starts tomorrow, which I think he will. With no I think he will. No, no I think he will, but I think it'll be a back three, so he'll be as a wing-back again. Um, check it, I think Stephen did some um, stats that showed the majority of teams that have beaten Luton this season play with a back five. And that seems to be how they struggle more. So I would imagine Town will follow that template and play with the, you know, the five three two or the five three one one. Matt, you, you'll have had that. You've seen that opportunity second half where, for a minute, you know, I can't remember who what that got that shot. I, mean, I went inside netting, and it's like, for a minute, it was like, shit, has this crept in in his like near post and that as well? And there, oh, for like, them. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I had a really good view of that from the header where Tom where Tom Lee's yeah, went up. With yeah, yeah, I had a really good view of that, and I could see it going wide. I were, I were quite lucky with my view. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, it'd a, been... few, a few of um, a few of moments there. But you know what? Sad, Sad's done well, and we've praised him, but it makes me wonder how whether it's a plan to play Colwell tomorrow. But I think I, so. Sad, he were playing on the edge so many times. I get it, it's a playoff game, but he were charging into some tackles. There were one where. It looked like he'd like shepherd the ball out for a goal kick, kick in that second half. But I thought it was more luck than judgment. And it does worry me. And I, I don't want to see Colwell in tomorrow. As much as I love Naby, mate, it was. It, it, it's fascinating. I'd love to know how fit he is, is going to be, Colwell, and that as well. It's. I think he'll be all right. I, from from what I think they said in the press conference, it was he, he has a little hip issue. I think O'Brien has a hip issue as well. But And it's the 
the the amount of games. So I don't think he can play like Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Colwell. So I think they have to kind of manage him and then he can play. Maybe, maybe, they've, maybe they've identified that Cosley and thought if he can't play two, let's yeah. play that down there where it's going to be a little bit more on top for town, you know, long ball, edit Nabby, kick it Nabby. And then yeah. Cole comes in tomorrow because, in theory, you know, we should have more at ball and he can play out a little bit better. He did, to be so fair, Nabby did well. So, you know, it's um, it's a decision to drop him, isn't it? You know, yeah. the yeah, thing, tell you, but, well, one, thing I, one thing that I, so near to your goal, like you at Luton behind that goal, but. Nichols, the balls he's got. Some of them balls, like he will, he will like whipping in just like the six yard box. And if the, if he gets a millisecond wrong, it's like a, a, an attacker's got his foot on that. I'm probably tapping him to empty net, like the mm-hmm. the goal uh, where all oh, Luton's goal, wasn't it, the other night? But it's like honestly, that is a guy playing with total confidence because Parties. I I'll never forget it, Pos. When I forgot who we name on out. Who was our keeper that we had on loan from Liverpool? Because that was at Luton before. Oh, uh, Grabara. Um, Grabara, I remember saying on the pod he got abused, like get it kicked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he yeah. got bullied into kicking it long. But Nichols, yeah. he, honestly, <laughs> I just in, in awe. It, 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 that's a guy playing at the peak of his powers. But for me, it's like, oh my god, it's like he's inches away from getting intercepted, and we're playing on like his own goal line, man. Yeah, I think I think apart from Phil, obviously, I think Nichols is probably the best keeper that we've had at town. <laughs> I think we've got we've obviously had a, had a couple that's not quite worked out but it, it were really impressive I thought the other night for coming and punching and coming and catching under pressure um, on a small pitch like that when you're you know, under pressure fans yeah, are on top yeah. of what you need you've got to have a goalkeeper who's going to stand up and, and be counted um, Phil, all their fans had been clearly briefed by their media or Nathan Jones. I must have missed this in the presser because any time Nichols took any time on the ball, they oh, were yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. And all the stadium while that were unique, it wasn't just a few. So they'd been, I must have missed this, but I'm no doubt Jones must have gone in their presser. Yeah. Yeah. So to really- be fair, at one point he held it for about two minutes, I'm sure, in his hands. And he was just like, everyone would just stood there for about two minutes and he was just like, nope, no one's rushing me yet. Nope, nope. I was going to say, because you, um, you work at Skybet, don't you? You get it priced up for Nichols to get booked tomorrow night because it's oh, nailed, nailed on me. Oh, I still don't have a job, man. It's still a good <laughs> Right. So I think that's pretty much the game, isn't it? The game from the town, you know, finished in the ascendancy, really, the last half hour did, did really well. Um, in the end, you know, the draw was, I think, the fair result. What were, um, your, what were your feelings as the whistle blew? I, I were absolutely delighted yeah, um, right with, a, with, it, with the draw because I thought at half-time... Mixed, mixed. Were you mixed, Matt? I, yeah, was, I was mixed because first, if you'd have told me at half-time at Lend 1-all, I'd have been, yes, take it, take it, take oh, it, yeah, really desperate. Was, yeah. But at the end, I was like, do you know what? We were the better side that second half and we could have probably nicked that. But... Yeah. I think that might you be a bit greedy, that, to be honest. Sometimes a, a draw—I know it sounds silly—but a draw can sometimes be better than a than a, a one goal being in front. Because if you if Luton have to come to town and, and get some of those little flyers, I think at one all, I think they'll sit and try see it out as long as they can and look to play on counter. Whereas if it's other way around, they kind of they come out and they're all guns blazing. And do you know what I mean? I think it just sets it up nicely me for literally a, a one-off game and town at home. I know we've never won a game in playoffs and all that business at home, but how many little things like that has Carlos like jinx this season? You know, there's a you know we, we never win when we go behind. And yeah, we were saying ghostbusting, really ghostbusting earlier. Yeah. yeah. Also, that, another thing I noticed as well, I thought physically we were strong, we were really good, 
some of their guys were dropping down later they on. Were they were knackered, man. Absolutely knackered. Yeah, I, yeah. I, exactly. They were knackered. They'd done a lot of chess them out. And I thought that were really good signs because I was thinking, yeah. big pitch on Monday, 20-odd thousand town fans losing. And, you know, <laughs> we've, got, we've got as good players to come yeah. back if we, if we need to. I, I thought, mate, if that, if that, that game goes 10, 10 minutes longer, we win that, I think. Yeah. They were dead. They were out on the feet. And there were a few times, actually, where we broke. And you're watching it. And, you know, you, on TV as well, you can kind of see a little bit better than what you guys were and a couple of passes that just had a little bit more weight on or a different pass rather than the one that we chose and we just got a couple on counter-attack as well so I think as you say because of the, the way that we are that we're, we're probably a little bit fitter than what they are on a bigger pitch if we've got most of the ball and they're kind of chasing I, I think I, I feel confident I know there's you know the warm-up show to discuss you know, all this sort of stuff but I feel you know confident in, in the more people the more people weird. talk like pause the more worried I get because <laughs> I came not, away. I don't, I, I don't I'll, I'll expl- not- let me. No, no, you're not. But I came away and I thought, Do you know what? I think we can win this game at home. But there are some serious Peterborough 1992 vibes mm-hmm. in, in oh, that yeah, yeah. it was a midweek game away in the same same area ish of the country. I know it's not. They're not quite next door, but you know the same sort of area for town fans. And you know, really raucous. Because you'll remember, really raucous away. And the London Road was electric, wasn't it? In the away end, you know, in nineteen ninety two, it was unbelievable. I, I was, I was just a, a kid, but you know, for me, it was, it was one of the best atmospheres I can, I can remember. And you know, there was a real feeling amongst town fans that it was job done. We were the better side, especially in the second half against them. And there was a real job done feeling coming back. And we went one 0 up early at Leeds Road, and then it, you know, and then we just imploded, didn't we? Sort of last half hour, and I just remember that and I think every playoff I'll go into now I will always remember my first experience and it, it just when we draw like that away from home to come home and I'm just like See, I, I don't feel that Matt and and, and I possibly made a good argument there PTSD mate away. PTSD the band's the away with Attila Fletcher and that as well because I think there were a bit of we discussed this last week but I just think I think we can play better I don't think they can. Yeah, I can. I, I, I it, it depends if Adebayo's fit. If Elijah Adebayo's fit, then that changes things a lot. I think for them because he is a he's a quality footballer. Yeah, I said on I, said, I can't remember if I said it on pod or if I was chatting away with mates, but I have this nagging. The only nagging doubt I have that he gets a winner because you missed, you know with that, that yeah. incident and all that sort of the stuff. The biggest thing for us tomorrow, and all that, and it's like, just think, don't give any set pieces away. Yeah, it's no stupid plans. Don't give any corners. Don't give any free kicks. We, we paid the price Friday. I think they can hurt us with them, but I don't see them. God, in famous last words, but I, I think we can hurt them so many other ways than they can hurt us. I think mm. we're fitter, we're stronger, we've got better players. I think it's our time. If we don't, if we lose tomorrow or we get knocked out tomorrow, it will be because we bossed it up rather than yeah, they it. Yeah, it's the better team. I, I think they're a good side, me. I really do think Luton they are, are a good side. Oh, we've seen the they, best of them now. It's our turn. Maybe it depends what play the you know it depends what players come back in for them. And I you know you cast your mind back to the league game as well, and you know Adibayo sticks that penalty in Cosi, and you you think Luton had won that game, don't you? So you know it, it, it still for me is really on a knife edge. I genuinely think you know a, a bad decision either way could really tilt this game because the Nathan Jones said it, and I agreed with him. The margins between the two sides are quite quite small uh, and it's just going to take one of those margins just to push one team or the other over the line I, the old I man manager is going to be huge though the crowd and everything we'll get onto that in a bit but that I just think that's going to be absolutely massive for us I don't see this team being a bottle job I, I, don't, no, I, I, don't, I don't either I, feel I don't good. either I, feel, I might feel different tomorrow when I wake up and come towards the game the nerves but I mean <laughs> you know people could read it in other comments but honestly I'm, I am 
I'm very confident for tomorrow because I just think we've got better players, bigger pitch, home advantage. You know, can they cope with us and that as well? If it takes extra time, you know, 80 minutes and stuff. I, you know, it's we didn't play that well against Luton, but we beat them before. They had, you know, they haven't beaten us yet this year. We've beaten them. We can, we can do it. It took a, it took a John Russell special, didn't it, to uh, to break them down as well in the league game. That was a bit, yeah. a bit special we'll, from we Big do Tom. know for sure. They're gonna, they'll do everything to win tomorrow. They'll throw everything at us. It'll be an absolute battle. But we expect that. But I just think we've got the bet, the, the classmate, and honestly, people going there tomorrow, they've got to take a leave out of our book on Friday, Matt. It was like sensational atmosphere, man. We need Look, to uh, We've got about fifty. T- Where's Pos going again? There's about fifty tickets left. You know, get them sold. You know, get them bought. Um, you know, there's a, there's a real we could we could create something really good. You know, at the stadium. You know, you know, get behind the team. You know, sing. You know, f- you know, cheer them on because you know this is a, a once. This this generally could be a once in a five ten year opportunity to get to to Wembley. You know, if we don't don't get over the line in this you know in this game, then you never know when this opportunity is going to come around. You know, don't let it pass. You know, do your bit. Get there. You know, get you know get fired in and be as be as up for it as I'm sure the players will be, and you know, and hopefully we can we can do something pretty special. But um, let me read out some comments now because I did ask um, online for people's opinions, and I'll 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 get to that just now. So, um, <laughs> pause has been kicked off again, but I don't know why. Uh, right. So let's have a look at what people are saying. They are saying, uh, Mr. Dor on tour. The Nottingham Forest fans asking if we've got our fireworks ready. He's a good lad, is Mr. Dor. Uh, Richard Hookey says, I thought Cameron Jerome's push on Saar and as Saar was falling, they were a tangle of legs. Yep, that's what I thought as well, Richard. Uh, Steve Blackburn says, Nathan Jones is a clown. Mind games only work if your facts are right. Only Cog played in the Premier with us. Not half the team, as he said. Uh, and then let's go down. So Leo says, need to watch Adebayo. Could be playing tomorrow. Brett Littlewood said, how about Lewis O'Brien's performance? Anonymous for the majority of the game. I think uh, Poz uh, covered that. Uh, it's Lions says, stop worrying, lads. We're going to Wembley. Steve Blackburn says, time to break the no home leg win in playoffs record. Robert Wood says, I think our fitness will win us the game. Um, Steve Blackburn again, Carlos is the Ghostbuster. It's Lion. Uh, Ponte Terrier says, that ward header in the first half was a big chance. Got to score that. Uh, Leo says, uh, Colwell wasn't uh, wasn't very well early. In- Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The week, hence why Sa was playing. Uh... Talk Huddersfield Town uh, says we've inspired them. Uh, Chris Green, uh, Chris says I think we should have enough to beat them. On paper, we are a better side than them. Also, can't forget what we've been like at home since November. Just one home defeat. The John Smith Stadium is a fortress. Uh, and then Richard Stacey says if Naby doesn't score, Cole will. Uh, yeah. So 
let's uh, let's skim through. Let's have a look. BFG Tom says, I see a scoring early on. First 15, probably. The big question then is what we do next. If we try and defend it, then it will give them chances. If we score a second, then it's game over. Uh, and then Steve Blackman says, imagine winning a playoff semi, not in extra time penalties and normal time. That would be something different, wouldn't it? Uh, and Leo says, biggest home game in history at this ground. Um, yep. And then that's it. So from, from there, so thanks to everyone online. Um, might not be fit. Cole yeah. might... You know, like in a game like this with adrenaline, there's going to be a full stadium. How fit? I know you could say, well, Sober Thomas at 60% playing extra amount of minutes. What do you still need to, or can adrenaline kind of carry you through, or does it all depend on the individual? Because there's a lot of players with a lot of fitness kind of doubts for both teams. But I'm just thinking in the occasion, you want to play, but can it backfire? Or how do you feel about it? 100%. I remember playing the game. Um, I think I don't know if it was Boxing Day. It, it went Darlington away, um, not the one where I let that goal in over my head. Um, and and the couple of days previous, uh, I done my shoulder in, so I, I couldn't. My body literally wouldn't let me dive to my right hand side. Um, but you just knew that once you got on the pitch, your adrenaline takes over. Um, fortunately, every ball that, that came in went to my left. Weirdly, um, it's not going to make a blind bit of difference. If someone's got a little bit of a niggle, they're still going to play. It's a massive game. So you still want to play. Phil, would you start with Sober? What's that, sorry? Sober Thomas, would you start with him tomorrow? I think if 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 he uh, is willing to play and and you're not going to... Because you've got to think out, what's the rest if you get into the final? Is it a week and a half? Mm. So will will week and a half be enough for recovery? I think that's probably what you're looking at. Um, It depends depends which way the, the, the gaff wants to go, doesn't it? Because if... End of the day, you need to get in the final, first and foremost. So do you throw all your eggs in one basket and just say, right, if you're fit enough, you're playing. Um, and then maybe in the final, it could be struggling or might come off the bench or whatever, you don't know. But um, I think you just got, you've got to play your best team. Your fittest, your best team. Even if it's not your fittest, then, then people will struggle. You've got to play. You could game. argue, Phil, he didn't, he didn't do that on Friday, but obviously we had pitcher on Monday and that as well. So do you think it's a different argument that he didn't do it on Friday to tomorrow? Because it's almost like, don't die wondering, but... Like say, you start sober on Friday, got knackered after half an hour, he's out for Monday, and, and then we, we yeah. need a bit of magic. It's maybe he's played Listen, a blind Carlos, Carlos. Carlos, Carlos has planned, Carlos will have planned all this down to a T. Um, the way that we played Friday, you can you can see what he was trying to do, how he's trying to play, what he's got in mind. And, uh, and like I said, like Monday, it'll be, it'll be totally different. He'll have a totally different plan, uh, and it, he will be looking to, to play his best players 100%. Whatever, whatever he thinks is the best way for us to. To, to go forward, he will do. Maybe Cole, well, it, it, I, I, I can't remember who said it now, but I would have done the same. I'd have played Nabisar away at Luton because you know you're going to get balls into the box in a tight in a tight ground, so there's going to be a massive aerial battles. Levi playing at Huddersfield on a massive pitch, 100% playing because he's going to dictate play from the back as well. So it's it's a no-brainer, really. Cosie, uh, you wanted to touch on the Sheffield United and Forest game, didn't you? Um, First leg at Bramall yeah. Lane, Sheffield United one, Nottingham Forest two. I did watch most of this, and I'll be honest with you, mate. The first hour, I thought Nottingham Forest looked like a Premier League <laughs> side. I thought they looked very, very good, and I was, I, I genuinely thought when I watched it, I was like, they are so well balanced as a team. They've got, they've just got so, they've just got so such a great balance with the two wing backs. They've got, you know, Cole backs actually decent as a wing back. Jed Spence is outstanding. The back three have got. A really lovely balance. They can overlap if they need to. They can play into midfield. 
The keeper can play out from the back. You know, I think Yates is a fantastic midfielder. I think he's a really good player who plays in midfield for them. He wins all sorts. Uh, Garner's a really good ball player. So you can see it. And then Zinkenagel, Brennan Johnson, outstanding player. And then Surridge up front. They, they look fantastic, didn't they? Um, and then Sheffield United just got that goal at the end just to make it interesting. But Sheffield United do this because I watched them against... I chat to Johnny who does uh, the Shore and Viewer Sheffield United podcast a little bit. He's a really good guy. And, um, he, you know... Well, I watched them against QPR and they were diabolical against QPR in the first half. And then in the second half, they were excellent and blasted QPR away. And he tells me they like that quite a lot where they just won't turn up for half of something and then the second half be really good. So I'm hoping that Sheffield United, you know, turn up at the city ground and surprise a few people because I think that would be, uh, a, you know, a really good sort of spectacle and, you know, a decent game to watch, uh, irrespective of what happens with us. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good game, mate. Um but, you know, I thought Forrest looked really good. I don't know to see, how, see what you think. Yeah, absolutely. Just, sorry, before I get going on that, I just thought I'd have a quick look at our team against Luton at home in the, the month before. You're seeing here that Jonathan Ogg, I do remember it now, Lees, Hogg and Colwell, Hogg, like, played as a centre-back that night. Uh, Pippa, Russell, O'Brien and Toffolo, kind of midfield for Sinani, Ward and Thomas. So, Lee Nichols at the back. So, maybe pr- probably at exactly the same, I reckon, apart from... Obviously, Colwell will come in at centre-back and that as well. And, uh, yeah, drop one of those out. But the game on Saturday, wow, what a game that was. It was incredible. And, and again, I think it just shows the magic of football and the playoffs because Forrest should have been out of sight. And they'll be still, obviously, extremely confident. Their own record is ridiculous uh, as well. But the the TV producer thinking, I was going to talk this up for the for the second leg and that as well. And the last, Don Goodman were kind of writing the last rights, weren't he, on, on Sheffield United. And then Burge gets that head of him. But... Wow, in the, in the first half, it was just sensational football. Brennan Johnson, every time he got the ball, he looked like he was going to, you know, cause some damage in that as well. And uh, yeah, United, I think they really suffered for not having the forwards kind of in there, and that as well. And but it was, it was incredible. They were getting so easily like to the edge of the penalty area with Forest. And uh, wow, to, if 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 anyone like if they cover the score up, Matt, and like kind of you just watch that and you don't know what had happened and. You're thinking, wow, there's only one goal between the teams there. He was just incredible. And obviously, Eckenbottom's going to come off. I don't know what he can come up with, to be honest with you, for the second leg. Forest should be really confident. But obviously, looking further down the line, I think it's a good thing for whoever wins tomorrow night because I think Forest was so good. I think now, because I was thinking United might sneak through, I think Forest will go through. But people will have Forest up. And uh, I that's, think that so suits us and Luton, I think. Yeah, it uh, does. It, it's yeah. perfect because we, we kind of mentioned that it's been really difficult for us to have this narrative as being the underdog going into this Luton game because we're arguably we're not because we finished the, no, we're the league, etc. So to deal with that, I think Stephen Chicken and David Archer covered it really well in the, in their preview pod and that as well. But but again, it, it's just perfect scenario for me or Luton on a weather because and I, I knew Matt, and, and let's be honest, if you looked at what's compared them two games back to back, taking our bias out of it. Forest are going up, aren't they? They were brilliant, man. And uh, But I just hope we've booked our place there on Monday and we can go and watch it, you know, because I don't know about you guys, but if we get beat tomorrow, I think watching a playoff semi-final second leg on Tuesday is, uh, I think I've placed in the sun's going to come on our uh, episodes. I might watch Eurovision back because I won't want to be anywhere near that. But Moldova, mate, that's what yeah. you want to watch. The guy looked just like you. How many bladesmen walked out the ground? They're not incredible, weren't it? They were hardly, you know, there were loads missing, weren't they going and walking out? And then it was ridiculous because even when they got that goal back, they had a chance to pump it in the box again. And you're thinking, as if they're going to get a 2-2 here. But get, that's why we love football. It's unpredictable. And 
in a way, Sheffield United, they'll be absolutely delighted. They've got half a chance on Tuesday, but for me, Forrest were really good. And that I think that was well, a worried sign before whoever gets in the final from tomorrow because it's like, yeah, okay, the, you know, the Bournemouth game were a bit of a shootout and that as well. And then the whole game was a bit of a strange one. They made the seven changes, didn't they, and that as well. But so you're looking for a bit of evidence that Forrester maybe, wow, you didn't get that yesterday. It was so good. It's not over. I, you know, I'll throw to Phil. I don't know if you watched it, Phil, but you know, for me, it's not over. I think Sheffield United have got a lot in them, um, and it'll be a, it'll be a decent game. But I'm more worried about us first and foremost. You know, get us out of the way, and then I might be able to enjoy the uh, the forest. Well, or not enjoy, depending on what it does. But you know, hopefully, we can uh, we can sneak against full, uh, against Luton. But Phil, what did you make of it? Anything? Anything? To I add? think if there's one, I think if there's one team that will that will challenge Forest and and you know dig in a little bit, it will be Sheffield. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a really tough game for Forest. Um, I won't watch it. I have no interest <laughs> in watching anyone else's team apart from ours. Um, and purely because I don't want to. If if we do get lucky tomorrow and get through with the final, I don't. I don't want to be nervous about playing somebody else who looks really good. You lot are just telling us there, Forest look like bloody Liverpool, and Man City. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear Phil, that. They, they've, got, that they've got some issues and and, and the, the bang average. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, it reminds me of that MK Dons, we discussed it last week, where we were so good down there, weren't we? But yeah. Jack Hunt scored two, two goal cushion, happy days going into there. And obviously that's tempered it a little bit. But And then all of a sudden, within a blink of an eye, MK Dons are level on the night. And that could happen at the city ground on, on Tuesday. That's you what know, we were talking about last week, where we were talking about the fact that you don't feel quite nervous, you feel quite confident. Like just talking about it tonight, it may, it's a big game tomorrow. I'd totally, <laughs> forgotten, about, I'd totally forgotten about the game. Saturday, we're playing cricket. We're having a bit of a few beers after the game. We're having a chat, and little lad, like oh, game on Monday night. I'm like, oh god, yeah, yeah. the news. I says, don't you dare cry. <laughs> he says, I will oh. cry if I want to, because I'll get emotional if it doesn't go right. <laughs> <laughs> At least he can. Well, it's incredible. It, it only dawned on me again today. It's like I'm watching them Premier League games and stuff. It goes. And who could join them in 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 this league? Huddersfield yeah. Luton, and, and like my friends at work were like. Wow, that's your game tomorrow. Like, yeah. bloody hell, it is, isn't it? And it's like, because obviously when games are, are apart, you've normally got a bit of a rest, but it's on tomorrow night. It's, what a day it's going to be tomorrow. I just don't know how I'm going to cope, man. I just, I just hope, I just hope that win, lose, or draw, whatever goes on, well, it's not going to be a draw, but win or lose, I just hope that the fans will stay behind and just give them a little bit of something back for, for the work during this season. So I think the players and the management, I think that they've just been absolutely brilliant. Um, and what a way to finish at home under the lights. Um, and like I say, win or lose, I, I, really do hope, I really do hope people will stick around and, and applaud the team and their efforts because you know yeah. it's been it's been absolutely brilliant this year. Cosy, you you wanted to know how people were going to spend oh, the uh, the day, how didn't you? Spend it? Are people just going to book themselves in meetings all day so that they can't think of anything else? <laughs> Oh. The meetings, but your mind's going to wonder in that as well. But some people are going to put the day off and get on to the cherry tree at 12 o'clock and get on the gas. Or some people just going to walk the talk on some people. How are people going to cope, man, with the uh, the day? Because oh god, it's going to be so difficult, isn't it? I think uh, these players' second know. legs are, are horrible, man. Let us know online while I read some of these out if you can, and I'll, I'll try and read a few. But Dag Barn, it says, I'm strangely calm and looking forward to tomorrow night. Uh, convene at Magic Rock. You will be when you early. get Dag. You'll be drinking it like us all, man. <laughs> it's going to get there early to enjoy the atmosphere. Trust Carlos and the team for a tough challenge. Cam Fry says, I'll be watching the game in a pub. 
Uh, probably will be the only ones interested in the game in uh, Hanover. Uh, Sambuca, mate. Get a pint of it before game. <laughs> in Germany. Uh, after the game, hopefully buying flight tickets to London. Uh, Simon Morgan says, so honestly, I'm not nervous about it at all. These playoffs are an absolute bonus. What we have achieved is fantastic and fingers crossed it continues all the way, obviously, but we are capable of doing the impossible. Uh, Tom Dyson says, busy day at work. No time to think about the game until after 5 p.m. Probably. Whatever, Tom. I don't believe him. Whatever. Uh, Slacky says, I'm attending every Google video chat whilst working from home in full kit and a John Smith Stadium (laughs) virtual background. Uh, That's what we've got there. That's what we like to hear. Anything coming down? Uh, Leo says, I've booked the day off work, travelling up from Oxfordshire. Um, Richard Get it says he's... 12th league. See you there, man. <laughs> Richard says he's bricking it. Uh, Steve Blackburn says, uh, that's about Forrest. Uh, Terry 72 says, I will be driving up from Leicester full of nerves after blagging the day off. Uh, oh, so those are the ones oh. that are, are coming in at the moment. Uh, Josh Quirk says he's really calm about tomorrow. Never seen Josh Quirk calm in my life. That's a blatant lie. You know um, what, Matt? Some people will be looking for an Huddersfield double because obviously the Giants are playing at Spurs Stadium the day before, so it could be for any Huddersfield there. <laughs> it could be some weekend. Yeah, it could be a but, could oh. be a weekend. Could be could be some weekend. Hopefully, but yeah, fingers crossed. But what we've got coming up for so thank you, Cos. Thank you, Phil, uh, for that. What I've got coming up now is uh, Brady recorded a uh, an impromptu warm up earlier. Uh, so uh, what we've got now is a, a live recording that we've done with Brady from uh, earlier today because. Uh, he has to look after his wife tonight and make sure that everything's okay, plump the pillows, etc. So he's not allowed. He's a top man, is Brady. What a guy. So, so what we'll do is we'll roll in Brady's uh, Brady's warm up uh, that he did with me earlier. Uh, it's twenty five minutes, so uh, enjoy it, guys, and uh, I'll stay around in the chat while it's playing. If you want to, if you want to say anything, uh, cheers, guys. Cheers, lads. Right, so it's perfectly balanced as all things should be. Welcome to the warm-up episode 74. I'm your host, Brady Frost, and to tackle the biggest game in town season so far, I'm joined by Matt Shaw. Matt, how are you? I'm all right, Bradle Juice. How are you? I'm good, mate. It's like the old days, me and you on the warm-up. Uh, yeah, we just need good, Chris, Chris back on, don't we? And then there we are. Yeah, and then Josh and then Tom, you know, there's been, <laughs> been a few changes. Slackers. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, exactly, mate. OG's here. Um, well, anyway, well done to everyone who's stuck around this long to hear the preview. Um, so let's get straight into it. Matt, you were there on Friday night. It's finally poised for Monday, isn't it? How, how are you feeling about this one? Yeah, it's 50-50. Um, I still think it's 50-50 because games in the playoffs, I don't think home away advantage really counts for much. It's it's down to a straight shootout, isn't it? So um, there's just one nagging thing at the back of my mind. I, I'm, you know... 30 years being a Huddersfield fan, it's usually a, a kick in the crotch most of the time. <laughs> but, you know, with the odd nice moment here and there. But um, there's just shades of this, you know, there's a you know, big away end, raucous away end at Luton. Absolutely brilliant um, point. You know, well, not a point, but a draw in the first leg. A lot of fans thinking it's almost job done, which worries me. I know that doesn't always translate over to the players. and Typically it doesn't. And I know they'll, they'll give it the full the full beans on, uh, you know, tomorrow night. But there's just a little story about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. I'd like to take a minute, Brady, just sit right there and I'll tell you how I cried all night and didn't go to school because of a town called Peterborough, if you like. But it just, there's just shades of, I don't know why, but I just can't get 1992 out of my head where we um, we went to Peterborough. There was a big ruckus away and we played well, second half in particular, probably could have come away with a win and then, went 1-0 up early at Leeds Road and everyone thought it was job done and they stung us really late. And that's, I don't know, playoff experience in the back of my head is just sort of sat there going, beware of 
you know, don't write anybody off and just beware of, you know, the team and give them full respect. And I think if we give them full respect, then hopefully we can edge it. Yeah, and you said it yourself, mate. I know, obviously, we um, we're town fans. We we like to be pessimistic at times, but we've said it many a time this season. Carlos has been busting, you know, busting those like Ghostbuster. Bad records. Yeah, left, yeah, exactly. Left, yeah. right, and centre. So who knows? I mean, yeah, I know you guys are talking about it on the main pod. Um, we've not won a playoff game at home, but um, you know, maybe it's the data. The time to change that we will see but let, let's let's set the scene a little bit obviously um we had the one all draw on, on friday night but luton are actually winless in their last five meetings against huddersfield drawing four and losing one um so i had a look at the away form and the home form of each team as i like to um i know you could say form goes out the window with the playoffs but luton have lost just two of their last six away matches uh the one being the seven nil defeat to fulham and the other being the two nil defeat to Huddersfield Town. Um, our home form in the last six is just one defeat to Bournemouth, uh, four wins and a draw. So, yeah, Matt, I suppose I'm asking the question. Uh, Everything you've just said is irrelevant. <laughs> it's irrelevant. It is it's, irrelevant. Yeah, I know. I know. You've done. You do your homework and stuff, and I do the same, don't you? And then people will just say, "Yeah, it's meaningless." And unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, I think it is. It's just. It's just a straight shootout, isn't it? And it's just one moment on the night. It can be one decision. It can be one mistake. And the game just completely turns. And, you know, you've got to go. You've got to be professional. You've got to make sure you do your own job first and foremost. You know, the fans have got to get behind. Put pressure on Luton as well. I think that's the big thing. You know, the the cowshed loyal in, in, in situations like this are always good. So hopefully the rest of the ground can really get behind Rally and really make it difficult for Luton. And I think that'll be, that's key. We know how Luton will play. Um, they'll, they'll look for those diagonals and it's a, a mistake-free uh, method of playing and that's why Luton have, have done so well this year and like I say they deserve you know absolute respect uh, their record against the top six isn't that great away from home I don't think they've beaten any of the top six away from home but again it doesn't matter because they can get a draw and win on penalties it's just it's just and you know it just takes that one moment you know the referee not giving a penalty for either side you know and things like that and or he gives it or he gives one and doesn't give the other it's just it's just so finely poised and, you know, Luton are a good... The only thing I'll say is Luton are a good side and they deserve full respect. And if they don't get it, we'll, we will get stung. And that's that's as simple as it can be. Yeah, definitely. And not to not to bum everyone out, but we've seen Town struggle at times when there's a quick turnaround between games. Um, do you think that's going to have an impact on the game tomorrow? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I do. But I think it also has an impact on them as well. We saw at the end of the game, we saw we saw Ollie Turton went off um, with an injury, didn't he, at the end of the first half. Levi Colwell's not played because he, he can't do two games in a week. So will he come back in? We'll talk about it in a bit. Um, Luton, Henry Lansbury went off, didn't he? There was a Reese Burke went off injured as well. They're having injuries. Will Adi Bayo be back? You know, maybe they're saving him for the last game. I don't know. They've been quite quiet on that. You know, Luton put a lot into that first hour against us. You know, they, they really sort of went out with the intention to blow us away, you know, in the first first bit to try and take it away from us early and then and then defend, I think. And they they almost did it. Um and I think they'll come at us hard again at the early, you know, the early part of the game. And it's really about keeping your heads and will that have an effect? Yeah, it will do the later it goes on and the tighter it is. And and you know, you hope that Huddersfield's rotation, you know, in the last few games of the season, bringing players in, bringing players out, Carlos has has done this in my, you know, with the last game in mind and Hopefully, you know, it pays dividends. But, you know, like I say, it just 
you know, if they're one one up at the time, it's going to be so difficult to take that lead away from them, no matter how fit you are, because you know the adrenaline kicks in, and you know with Wembley at stake, it's it's going to be really difficult. And like I say, it's it's a real fifty fifty, and you know, w you know they will, but they will have players injured and carrying knocks, but you know the adrenaline will probably carry them through. Yeah, and I've seen you know pundits have made us kind of strong, well not strong favourites, but favourites now to progress, and I think like you say, it kind of adds. Not that um, Town have been too concerned about pressure being piled on by other people, but I think it just adds a little bit. And I suppose you were talking about things in the back of your head. I do just think, I think we've touched on it quite a bit, but they're very, us in 2017, I kind yeah. of feel like it's their, it's their chance. But, you know, you know, we've been good at home. We've beat them at home already. Um, so we'll see. I think <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to make us excited. But I think since we started doing this, Matt, you're making me more nervous. But um, <laughs> so, <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm it's nervous. Fine, to be honest, I'm, I'm nervous too. Um, uh, but we've been here before. We've been here before. Um, we'll talk about key players then for each team, uh, starting with Luton. So I, I'm going to jump in on this. I think Harry Cornick, he's always looked dangerous. I think when we play town, you know, he was in the two with Jerome on Friday, 12 goals, four assists this season. Yeah, just always a player that catches the eye for me, a bit of a menace. Um, and depending on who we play in defence, which I'm sure we'll come on to, I think he's one to watch out for. Like I say, whether he goes and partners with, uh, with Jerome again, or if you know Adebayo comes in, he's he's the one I think um, you know we need to we need to stop if we can. So yeah, tricky one. But Matt, Matt, who did you go for from from the Luton side? Yeah, so Luton's game plan. Primarily, I know I know they're not all long ball and they can pass it a little bit in midfield and they do prickle a bit, don't they, if you accuse them of being a long ball team. But they, they do play that diagonal a lot, um, you know, that sort of... And they do it... And they change the point as well. So they'll do it from the right-hand side and they'll do it from the left-hand side. And it's that diagonal ball and the accuracy of it to the striker, which is going to be the main the main issue. Um, in the home game, Tom Lees absolutely did a stunning job on Adebayo, um, you know, back in the league. Uh, so again, for us, you know, we've got to stand up to that. And for them, their accuracy needs to be spot on. And Cal Naismith is one of the best centre-backs in the league this season. And he has a decent left foot and he can hit that diagonal ball. Um, he's probably going to be their main man. He'll probably take a penalty as well if they get one. Um, and the other side, you've got James Bree as well, who's done really well to come back from that move to middle, uh, sorry, Aston Villa, which didn't go through, uh, which did go through, but didn't, didn't happen really for him. He had a bad time there. So, yeah, glad you do. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'd say Cal Naismith is the key player, but there's there's players that around that as well, little sub-key players like Bree at the other side, Sonny Bradley, and um, and whoever they've got as the focal point up front, whether that's Cameron Jerome or Adibayo, to sort of win that first header. And and what they'll do is they'll swarm around that ball and then, you know, and leave people like Cornick will swarm for the second ball and that's where, you know, key players come in for us. Yeah, definitely. You, you touched on um, Naismith. I picked him in the for the you know preview on Friday. Um, I thought he was great. I thought Sonny Bradley was everywhere for them. You know, he was like very uh, like it felt like very like Sunday League. I'm everywhere as a defender kind of thing. But yeah. he was he good was player. great. I thought. Oh, yeah, good player. Yeah, good player. Good. Um, and you know, I know we you guys have uh, reviewed it earlier, but I did. I think it was frustrating to concede that set piece, but it was also a fantastic delivery and you know good finish so yeah I, yeah yeah like you say it's going to be tricky i think um town key player for me in this one though tough three goals in his last three home appearances like we've touched on here Luton are a solid defensive team 
Um, so it is tricky. I think, you know, obviously our pitch is a little bit bigger and it'll give us a bit more space. And I just, I think we you touched on it there, Matt, but it was the same for me. Luton looked quite tired second half, I thought, you know, like the injuries catching up with them. Um, you know, and we have we have options off the bench. And I, I just wonder if we can get in behind and stretch the defence. I think Toff could get some joy because he's, you know, I, <laughs> I think teams would get wise to it, but he seems to still be ghosting in, you know. And yeah. Sanani, I thought, had a great game on Friday. Um, he's put in a couple of decent crosses and you know, I think Toff could have some joy down that side. Uh, but who did you go for? Uh, I've got more defensive. Um, well, there's, there's two really. I think set-piece delivery is key, so Sober Thomas if he plays. But for me, I think the main key man is going to be Jonathan Hogg. I think he's going to play in a back three again and it'll be a case of those diagonals and Jonathan Hogg is going to be the man to pick up the second ball, the knockdown and the the fall down, it'll be his leadership and his command at the back, which will be really important for Tom Lees and I think Levi Colwell, Colwell on the day. Uh, so Hoggy for me is the key man and he, he will set the tempo from the back, the leader, the warrior, and it's the second balls. And, you know, if we need him, he'll be pushed into midfield later as well, like he was for a brief spell uh, in, the, in the away leg. So uh, Hoggy for me, uh, especially in defence and, and going forward, uh, you know, set piece delivery from likes of Sinani and Thomas, um, is going to be key, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a good day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Hog's a good shout there. Um, obviously, he's got playoff experience. You know, not just with us, but with Watford as well. because um, you know, I think the other thing is not that it seemed to matter on Friday, but a lot of these players are quite young and they've not really experienced like you know the the pressure that comes with this. I think um, I think Hog will be key for that as well, like you say. Yeah, the seven or eight who have, you know, Lee Nichols, I think, has had a little bit um, quite a while ago. I can't remember if it was Wigan or MK. Uh, who else has had it? Matty Pearson, who's maybe on the bench. Turton won it last year in League One for Blackpool, didn't he? Toffolo, I think, has had it at some stage. Um, Levi, obviously not. Uh, Tom Lees has lost in the Championship playoffs twice in the final and semi-final. Hoggy's been there. Danny Ward's done it with us twice. Uh, Jordan Rhodes, you know, been there three times with us. Uh, there's a lot of experience winning and losing there, so hopefully it'll help calm the other ones down, you know, such as your Colwills and your Tinos and John Russell, etc. Although John Russell's probably the calmest man in the planet, isn't he? So, he's too, so he's too calm, mate. It scares me every <laughs> time. Like, I know he's not going to lose it, but <laughs> he just he worries me so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Um, a lot of experience there, which is good. But um, le anyway, let's hear what um, the Luton fans have to say because it's time for viewing from the other side. So I caught up with Kev from uh, Luton Town Sports Trust again after the game on Friday, and here's what he had to say. We've lost to a pub side. We've literally lost to a pub side. Hi, Kev. Thanks for joining me again. So the first leg's over. It's finally poised at 1-1. Uh, what did you make of the match? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me back on. Um... Yeah, I thought it was a fairly even match. I thought a uh, draw was a fair result. I thought the longer that the game went on, Huddersfield came into it. But I thought we dominated the first half. We were unlucky not to go in in front. Both teams could have had penalties in that first half, couldn't they? Um, should have had penalties in that first half. Um, but the longer that the first half went on, I thought we were just getting going, just getting into the game. We had that chance, which was blocked just before half-time. And then obviously the formation change from Huddersfield... Um, you dominated the second half without really creating anything. And I think the longer that the game went on, the more we were comf uh, comfortable just um, setting up a one-leg shootout on Monday. So, um, 
yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was a fairly even match as they have been all through, and you know, as I kind of expected it would be, really, um, all to play for on Monday. So I thought the first leg was a lot more end to end and open than than we were expecting. Do you think Luton will adopt similar tactics on Monday? I'm not sure we'll employ similar tactics. I think Friday night there was a clear intent to try and win the game and take a lead to your place that, and use the atmosphere that was um, at fever pitch and everything else. And, you know, it just, just led to um, sending us forward. The fact that it was an early goal as well probably meant that it was going to be more end-to-end than maybe it should have been or needed to be. And... Um, no, I don't. I, I don't see us doing the same thing on Monday. I think we'll look to soak up pressure on Monday, and uh, maybe hit Huddersfield on the counter attack. But the one thing that I do know is that these boys haven't come all this way to leave anything behind. So um, they're going to they're going to give everything that they've got on Monday. They'll um, they'll leave nothing behind. No regrets, um, no doubts, no nothing like that. So whatever they've got left in the tank and. Let's be fair, that's not a lot because of the injuries that we've had to finish off the season. Whatever we've got left uh, will be left on that pitch on Monday night. And finally, how are you feeling about the game after what you've seen on Friday night? Right now, I'm OK. Whether it's the same when I walk through the turnstiles on Monday night, that'll be uh, probably be completely different. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I'm OK about it. Huddersfield are our favourites for the tie. You should go on and win the tie from here in front of your um, own fans. Um, but it's yours to lose now. We've got absolutely nothing to lose. We can just give it everything we've got, as I said in the last answer. Give it everything we've got. If we're good enough and it gets us to Wembley, then absolutely fantastic. But whatever happens, this has been a memorable season, a magical season, one that um, has consolidated us as a championship side and maybe shown one or two sides that we're not to be underestimated. So um, hopefully we can do that again on Monday. Hopefully, from my point of view, we get a winning goal and uh, can do whatever's needed to protect it. Um, but whatever happens, you know, I go to Huddersfield on Monday. I know that the team's going to give their all. It's just whether we're good enough to um, to get the result now. It's going to be tight. It's going to be nervy. There isn't going to be a lot in it. We've had three games. There have been a lot between two sides in any of them. Don't expect there to be a lot in it on Monday night so whoever can be clinical at the right moment will win and you know I just hope and pray that that's us cool so we've heard from Kev um now it's time for you're the boss Matt so I suppose this is the main question really um going into this one it's how would you line I can't speak today how would you what would be starting 11 be for town um I think we could maybe make a couple of changes in this one with it being you know the home leg and maybe we want to be on a the front foot a little bit more. Um, obviously, we were looking to count in the away, but how would you how would you go for it? Um, I think I'd go with the back three. I think Nichols, Tom Lees, Hogg, and Colwell uh, as your goalkeeper and back three. Toff and uh, Pippa as the wing backs. I thought the substitution uh, of Pippa really helped alter the game uh, in the second half um, just by expanding down that right flank uh, and with the space I would I would pick him if turn is fit uh, John Russell midfield with Lewis and then I'm not sure whether I would pick I thought Dwayne was outstanding second half uh, Dwayne Esther it was the second half um, I'm not sure whether I would start with him Sinani and Ward or try and throw Thomas in I'm a little bit unsure I'll probably play safe and, and go with Dwayne 
uh, Sinani and Danny Ward to start, uh, but it just depends how fit Sauber Thomas is. If he's if he's fit enough, play him uh, instead of probably Dwayne, and that's a really harsh on you know him being man of the match for me. Um, but you know it's the playoffs, and we need the delivery from right and left from them both. So that's probably what I would do. Yeah, that's the exact same line as, as I've gone for. To be honest, like you say, I thought um, some of the tweaks Corbyn did second half, like you say, Pippa came on, made a big difference. I think Levi should come back in. A bit harsh on Naby because I thought Naby had a, a good game actually. To be fair, um, he's been superb for a few months, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's yeah. such a. I'd really like Naby. He's such a great guy as well, and you can tell everybody likes each other at the club. And the and you know people like Naby are absolute gold dust who, when they're not playing, still turn up with a smile and help everyone. You know, there's a lot of players who sulk and whinge when they're not playing and you know he's not one of them so it'll be a sad day when if Naby leaves at, at the end of the season due to his contract situation but you know yeah. hopefully he's here a little longer yeah contract Naby maybe that's it he's playing for a contract I don't know yeah he has been he has been great I think um like you say in his attitude I know I know it's a lot of the young players I think we've touched on it before have said yeah. how much he can he can help the lads so yeah, yeah no Naby's unfortunate to miss out but I think bring Levi in for this I think he you know the, his ball playing uh, capabilities I think could really help us here you know speed as well yeah. yeah yeah speed so. and recovery it's his recoveries as well Levi's he, he reads I know Naby's almost 10 years old isn't he but it's just the way Levi reads the defense you know uh, the, the second balls as well and the and the recovery speed's a little bit better than Naby's uh, Naby's good at other things you know in the air Naby's better but um it's that sort of recovery really which which is really key but you know on the flip side, you could argue that when Cal, Cal Naismith hits that diagonal to the other flank, that Levi's got more of an issue in the air than Naby does. So, you know, it's horses for courses. But, you know, you can't really argue if either one gets picked, can you? No, exactly. I think that's the same with most Corbett lineups, to be honest. Like, yeah. you know, we're doing well, so it's like I'm not really going to question. But, um, I'm, uh, you know, I'm picking it this way because Naby's going to do exactly what he did in the uh, league game against Luton at home. He's going to come on oh, and come get, off. get yeah. a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed, but and yeah, no, be I more think popular he... won't be a more popular scorer. I don't think in and out of the club would they? If no, that's did true. It. Yeah, here's hoping. Let's let's will that into existence. Um, yeah, no, I say I've I've gone Sonani Warden Holmes. I think um, Sorba. Yeah, just to be honest, this one I think this one could go the distance. You know. Yeah. And I think the subs are key in this one. If that's the case, I think Dwayne was. Was great second half. You spot on, but you know he really showed up, and I think he has done that a few times this season. You know, um, yeah. so full credit. But I think because this could go the distance, subs are key in this one. Then I think Sorber and Tino should play some part because I think yeah. Tino. You know, I know he got what thirty minutes against Bristol City. You know, nearly scored. I just he's he's a different player, isn't he? You know, gives us a different option. Same with Sorber. You touch him with the set pieces, and I, I just yeah. think. Those Tino can really, real. Tino's a really good defensive substitution in a lot of ways because when the game's open, when the game's tight, we've seen him come on and really struggle to sort of affect things, you know, because when someone doubles up on him, you know, he's, he struggles a little, a little bit. But when the game's a little bit looser, like at Coventry, um, Bristol, who weren't really paying much attention to anything, uh, yeah. you know, in games like this where he's got the space to manoeuvre, he's, he's deadly. And if we, if we find ourselves in front against Luton with sort of 20 left. Tino's a really good sub then too, because they're going to be pushing forward and, and Tino in space is really dangerous with his strength, power and running ability. Um, whereas if we're chasing the game, then Tino's probably going to not be quite as effective. But as a defensive substitute to, to alleviate the pressure, Tino's a really useful asset. And 
you know, hopefully we might see more of him going forward. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. That's that's how I see him. Like you know, just creating space for others, and like you said, they'll double up on him. But yeah, I don't know. I I think I've said this on the pod with Tom quite a lot, but um, I just have a feeling he's going to have like a big moment. And, you know, I know it's not worked out. And maybe, I mean, Tino, if you want to pick this game, <laughs> please do, mate. Please do this game where you make it, you know, have a big part to play. But, yeah, subs, subs are key. I, to be honest, well, we'll come on to it now, Matt. How do you see this run going? I, I think it it could be extra time for me. I don't know. I don't really want to say. I've, I don't know. There's that nagging Peter Brynn thing in the back of my head, but that's that's just general pessimism from... 30 years of Huddersfield Town following. Um, I think we can edge this in hopefully 90 minutes, but I'm loath to say that just in case it comes back to bite me. So I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> but there's the, it's, like I say, it's 50-50. I, I think we can edge it, but there's just that nagging 1992 experience in the back of my head. Well, mate, I wasn't born then. You know, yeah, got to yeah. cast off the memories. Got to cast it. <laughs> like it's fine. Look, Carlos, let's let's spin this positive. I'm going one 0 It's going to be tight. It's going to be edgy, but I think we'll just get over the line. Carlos is. We've had an amazing season. Carlos has, you know, smashed all those bad records left, right, and centre. And I think this is going to be another one. Um, you know, let's let's be hopeful. I know we're both nervous and cagey. I mean, it's not even. <laughs> it's, it's Sunday. It's not even um, game day yet, and I'm already a bag of nerves. But I just think we're going to do it. I think we're gonna just get over the line. It's gonna be tight. It's gonna be cagey, um, but I, yeah, just one nil town. I think I think we're gonna do it. Uh, it's gonna be a hairy moment, but I think we'll just get over the line. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, mate. Well, let's leave it on a positive. You know, we think we're just gonna do it slightly. You know, slightly tense about it, and maybe don't want to talk about it too loud. But um, yeah, we'll see. I think I think we'll leave it there, Matt, because uh, me and you probably need to go chill out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but God knows what we'll be like on Monday. But um, yeah, no, thanks to everyone for, for listening to this one. Uh, thanks to Magic Rock for sponsoring as always. Thanks to Matt for uh, coming on. Nice to relive the old days with the warm-up. So yeah, um, who knows what will happen. You know, we might be back to preview another game, but we'll see. But um, yeah, fingers crossed up the town and come on. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And 
bring that car back to Huddersfield. So town player, bring the car back to The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.